Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Nonprofit You, a forum where nonprofit stakeholders can share lessons learned and discuss the latest developments in the industry. My name is Valerie Leonard, your host. I'm a consultant to nonprofits and I specialize in community and organizational development. I work with nonprofit organizations to help them make a stronger impact to their clients and communities. You can find Nonprofit U on Facebook and Twitter, and I encourage you to comment early and often using the hashtags NonprofitU or GrantAdvisor. You can also leave comments on blogtalkradio.com forward slash nonprofit underscore U. The chat room is open, and you can post comments and questions. In order to use the chat room, you must open a listener-only account. You'll find a link to open the account on the episode page, and you can also email me questions at consulting at ValerieFLeonard.com or send messages through Facebook and Twitter. You'll find a Nonprofit U fan page on Facebook, and the Twitter account is at Nonprofit U. We'll be taking questions by phone and from our chat room at about the 30-minute mark. The call-in number is 347-21. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. Today, we're going to have a grant advisor teach-in, and we'll discuss the roles and implications of transparency and reciprocity in providing feedback to grant-making foundations. And when I talk about transparency, I'm talking about um, information that has been disclosed in terms of what is done and how it's done so people can get a really, really good sense for, you know, um, an organization. So normally we are looking at um, grant makers, I'm sorry, grantees and their way of doing things. But this time we're going to focus on the grant makers and the way they do things. So we will provide an overview of what Grant Advisor is, and Grant Advisor is a new platform, where to find it, how to use the tool in hopes that you can try this at home. And it should be noted that Grant Advisor has recently rolled out, and the primary test markets are Minnesota and California, although their database has organizations or foundations from all over the country. As a result, most of the data that are from those two states, we encourage nonprofit leaders in other, in other states or from other states to take an active role in reaching out to your local colleagues to begin to share your experiences on Grant Advisor as well. Again, we encourage you to call in with questions and to participate in live chats at about the 30-minute mark. The call-in number is 347-884-8121. Nonprofit professionals are especially encouraged to call in and share your stories and ask questions. Today's guests are Kari Anastad and Andrea Sano. Kari Anastad is the Development Manager at the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits. In this role, Kari secures and and stewards grant and individual donor support for MCN. She also supports the development of other fundraising professionals throughout Minnesota through various channels, including in-person and online trainings, the Minnesota Grants Alert, and the Minnesota Grants Directory. 
Kari holds a Bachelor of Arts in English and Political Science from the Augsburg University. She's class of 08 and a Master of Divinity from Luther Seminary, class of 12. Most recently, she served as a grant writer and outcomes manager for St. David's Center. Kari brings a holistic wealth of experience to her role, including international travel to over 20 countries, hospital chaplaincy in England, and teaching and tutoring positions ranging from elementary to postgraduate levels in writing and compassionate communication. Andrea Sano is the Grant Advisor Coordinator at the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits, where she develops, implements, and evaluates brand and communication strategies to increase the visibility and credibility of the Grant Advisor website service. She also produces marketing materials, develops presentations for conferences, and manages electronic and print communications efforts related to Grant Advisor. Andrea holds a Bachelor of Arts in English, class of 210, and Master of Arts of Master of Fine Arts in Nonfiction Writing, class of 17 from Augsburg University. She most recently served as the nonprofit sector, I'm sorry, she most recently served the nonprofit sector as program assistant at Arts Midwest. Her previous nonprofit work includes serving organizations working with housing and higher education, respectively. From 2012 to 2013, she served as a member of the Lutheran Volunteer Corps in San Francisco, California. So you see we have two very highly qualified young ladies. Said, no further ado, I want to thank you both for being on Nonprofit U today. Ladies, it's been an honor to have you, and we'll start with Kari. Can you tell us about the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits and how you came to work with them? Sure, and thank you for having us, Valerie. It's an honor to be on your show. So the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits, or MCN is our acronym, uh, is the largest state association of nonprofits in the United States. So we have about wow. 2,200 active nonprofit members uh, across Minnesota, uh, mm-hmm. and we're one of you know 35 or so some state associations of nonprofits like us. Uh, so we're one of 35, um, and we're established 30 years ago. We're just celebrating our 30th anniversary this year, uh, and oh, we were established wow. kind of with, yeah, with the overarching goal to um, meet an increasing need within our state to really elevate the voice of the nonprofit sector uh, and the work that mm-hmm. we do. So I started with MCN just about a year ago. Uh, and I've been a fundraiser for eight years. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, I come from the nonprofit St. David Center previously, and I'm so happy to be now serving kind of the broader sector in my current role. Oh, wow, thanks. And before we have Andrea to introduce herself, I'm just curious about the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits. Are you guys the first association of your kind in the country or, you know, are you among the first? That's a great question. I don't know about in terms of the first, but we are certainly um, one of the largest, if not the largest, in terms of kind of number of members. Um, and with a 30-year history, that certainly puts us in the running, I think, for one of the earlier 
formed state associations of nonprofits. Okay, thank you so much for that, Kari. So, Andrea, what brings you to the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits? Um, yeah, I just want to say thanks for having us on as well, Valerie. Um, and I started at MCN about two and a half months ago, so I'm pretty new. And uh, <laughs> I was just drawn to my current position um, working on Grant Advisor and the Grants Directory with Kari. Um, it felt like an opportunity to work on an exciting project in the sector. That's my mm -hmm. short answer. <laughs> okay. That, yeah, and and you know, with me, I, I never met a word that I didn't like. I can draw a longer answer, but <laughs> but I think we'll yeah. we'll, we'll focus on grant advice to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Andrea, we seem to be living in an age of increased transparency in which nonprofits are being encouraged to share as much information about what they do and not only what they do, how they do it. Um, they're also being asked to disclose more and more about their financial performance and how they make decisions and their impact. So what are some of the issues and trends that you're seeing with respect to transparency as they relate to the funders? This is Kari, and I love this question so much. I'm going to steal oh, it from Andrea okay. right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so this, this, your question, Valerie, about transparency, I think it really drives at the heart of what Grant Advisor as a project and a web service is really all about. So you're so right that we've been seeing increased demands on nonprofits to be completely transparent. Um, and that mm -hmm. transparency often looks like, you know, having to conduct really diligent program evaluation, um, writing thoughtful mm -hmm. reports to funders. Uh, and, you know, a part of this uh, influence we've seen, I think, driven by the corporate sector. So, you know, with corporate philanthropy really kind of rising, especially in Minnesota, in terms of total dollars mm -hmm. being paid out into our communities. Uh, we've seen in turn then a focus on kind of outputs and efficiencies and ways of being able to quantify and verify uh, the success of our work. And so as mm -hmm. a result, um, you know, one benefit of this is that nonprofits now kind of have access to all sorts of additional information about their programs, uh, their service delivery methods that they might not have otherwise had, uh, and that can be used for you know strategic decision making and goal setting. But the downside is that nonprofits are already tasked with this huge responsibility, uh, running at you know very complex social problems, and so. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in Minnesota in particular, nonprofit employees make up 11.5% of kind of our total workforce. So that's a great wow. number. And yet, you know, 11.5% of the workforce is expected to solve really complex problems like homelessness <laughs> and healthy food access and educational inequities. So mm -hmm. um, transparency itself can be a good thing. It's just, it's what it hold it in the context of all the bigger work that we're trying to advance. So, that's kind of on the nonprofit side. In terms of what Grant Advisor is trying to promote for foundations and philanthropy, you know, that transparency can be a really good thing if it builds trust. And we mm -hmm. think that the best trust is really built on a two-way street. And so, you know, one of the challenges of the current context is that with nonprofits being asked to do so much, that same level of scrutiny and honesty really isn't required of foundations. 
uh, you know, there's little to no public accountability for foundations to verify that their own investment strategy has actually yielded the results that they were striving for. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, at least in the eyes of the IRS, you know, foundations are also tax-exempt entities just like our nonprofits. And so Grant Advisor is really striving to be that public accountability uh, for both foundations and nonprofits to ensure that we're all investing and running at the work uh, that best meets the needs of our communities. Mm -hmm. That is really awesome. Okay, so Andrea, uh, that's a perfect segue into my next question. Can you give us the backstory on Grant Advisors, what it is, how it was developed? And, you know, when you do that, give us a, a brief history, the who, the what, the why, when, where. You can tell I'm looking for a story. <laughs> I, I, I just <laughs> learn a lot of detail, as you can see. So without further ado, let yeah. me get out your way and let you answer the question. <laughs> um, yeah, so Grant Advisor is sort of the brainchild um, of three, the three executive leaders who are the project partners. So if you visit grantadvisor.org, you go to our About Us page, you see a whole list of people um, <laughs> who are thought leaders in the field and et cetera. Yeah. Um, and so there are three project partners. And so th- those are, that's John Pratt, who's the executive director here at Minnesota Council of Nonprofits, Jan Masuka mm-hmm. from California Association of Nonprofits, and Perla Nee, who is the CEO from Great Nonprofits. And so they're the three project partners, um, and the staff at those organizations are the ones who are working on the administrative part of the site, getting the word out, things like that. And so as that mm-hmm. project formed, um, they like to say they had the idea at the same time for Grant Advisor, and so that's how they came to work together. Um, and that's why the project uh, is being targeted in California and Minnesota right now as well. And then as the project formed, they realized that this success would rely on the kind of network effect. And so they established, mm-hmm. established that national leadership panel that you can see on the About Us page at Grand Advisor. And that panel includes executive level leaders from funders, um, from, uh, from, from funders um, nonprofits, and nonprofit support networks. And so we sought out those leaders working at organization who kind of had the mission of Grand Advisor in their bones already and kind of the idea of that <laughs> trust-based grant making that Kari was just talking about. Okay. So great. Um, I want to remind our listening audience that you're listening to Nonprofit U, and we're speaking with Kari Anastad. She's the development manager at the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits, and Andrea Sano, she's the Grant Advisor Coordinator at the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits as well. And we'll be taking questions from our listening audience at about the 30-minute mark. If you want to participate in the chat room, you can do so right now. The call-in number is 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. So, Andrea, can you tell us who some of your partners and allies are, and while you're at it, can you make the distinction between a partner and an ally? Um, yeah, so we have um, our project partners are the ones I just mentioned mentioned from um, MCN, Cal Nonprofits, and Great Nonprofits. So those are folks who are providing the administrative support for the site. They're um, in charge of it. Uh, so when you email on our website, team at Grant Advisor, um, that comes to all of us, and then we um, respond to folks if they have questions or feedback. Um, 
And then our allies and partners, or our allies, are folks who are on our national leadership panel. Um, and that includes um, foundations uh, who advise us, like the Peary Foundation and Greenlight Fund Bay Area, Open Road Alliance, and the mm -hmm. Thompson Family Foundation. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. So, Kari, if I were a nonprofit leader, particularly one who's interface with foundations in a grant writing capacity, why should I take the time out of my very busy schedule to write a review of the foundations that I've worked with, you know, who have also funded my organization. In other words, why is this platform important? I also love this question so much, Valerie. And as a grant writer myself, I, I just have to say I totally appreciate that you understand my work and my schedule. You're <laughs> right, we are so busy. Uh, so I think there are a number of reasons to your last question, you know, why this platform is both important and useful mm -hmm. and, you know, really worth the investment of our precious time as fundraising professionals. So I'm as a grant writer, I love enumerating things, so I'm going to give you four reasons why I think it's important. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, okay, so number one, I think uh, there's really a unique opportunity for us uh, to influence philanthropy for the better of all. So, you know, I, part of my role is professional development for fundraisers across mm -hmm. Minnesota. And one thing that I like to talk about in the grant writing clinics uh, that I do is is kind of name that we, I think, can often fall into an us versus them mentality when we're talking about foundations and nonprofits. Uh, but what I think many people don't realize is that, you know, foundations are actually also nonprofits. They are tax exempt. Mm -hmm. uh, they they yeah. have missions that articulate their vision for their communities. And and so it may sound cheesy, but if if you kind of hold on to that and kind of release the grip on the us versus them mentality, I think we can land at this really productive space, this kind of we're all in this together uh, and the more honest we can be with one another about, you know, what is and what isn't working, uh, I think the, mm -hmm. the greater the chances are that, that we'll achieve really great things. And so Grant Advisor is, you know, this online website where people can fill out a seven-minute survey. Uh, it walks them through kind of critical questions on what their experience was like, not only kind of in the, the process side of things, like how, what was your experience mm -hmm. like navigating the application process, but then also mm -hmm. prompts people to think more reflectively about how foundations are accomplishing those philanthropic goals or that their overarching missions. And so it really gives um, power to the voice of grant seekers that may not, you know, otherwise be there. So there's an opportunity for us to influence uh, kind of where philanthropy is making investments. So that's number one. Uh, mm -hmm. Number two, you know, I think this website is important because there's an there's an equity issue at stake. I've, I'm guessing many of your listeners right now know of or actively follow Vule. He's a popular nonprofit blogger. <laughs> He's got that blog yeah. called Nonprofit AF. <laughs> And we are proud to claim him as a grant advisor national panel member. So he's one of our advising members of this project. Uh, and he's written a lot about what he calls trickle-down community engagement. So in this term, he unpacks by saying that institutional philanthropy is designed in such a way that can create barriers for smaller nonprofits, often led by or serving communities of color, uh, so barriers for them to accessing grant funds. So 
the idea being that larger nonprofit organizations who can afford to kind of invest in professional fundraisers end up getting mm-hmm. a lot of that grant funding. Uh, and then they end up contracting with those smaller organizations to do a lot of the work. And so then whatever kind of grant dollars then are allocated out are end up only being kind of a, a percentage of the total funds uh, that could go mm-hmm. to supporting that work. So one of the goals of the website is we're hoping to kind of lift the curtain on institutional philanthropy and really increase access to what we think of as some of the kind of insider information uh, to smaller nonprofits who are doing great work but seem to have trouble securing those grants because they maybe don't know how to play the game or have resources to to invest in playing that game. Mm-hmm. So third reason i think it also has efficiency and effectiveness by you know the more information that we as grant writers have available to us uh the more mm-hmm. kind of effectively we'll build work plans and and hopefully be successful in our grant seeking and then finally i think it's just cathartic to share our experiences <laughs> <laughs> oh that that's funny the the choice of words cathartic <laughs> I won't ask why you use that choice of words. I have a feeling based on my own experience, but I I won't share it. You can share it on Grant Advisor, Valerie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I love it. I love it. I'm sorry. I, I interrupt. No, that's it. That's my fourth one. It's cathartic to share experiences. Yes, and she'll be, that's her story. She's sticking to it, and uh, I, I I agree. I, I think that, you know, the more experiences we share in a safe environment, the better. You know, all too often, you know, we on the other side, you know, we who are working with nonprofits, if we're writing grants and we have the relationships with the foundations, we want to be very, very careful about what we say, how we say it, and all that good stuff. And sometimes we're not candid. And as a result, you know, the the grant makers, I think, miss an opportunity, as you alluded to. But we miss an opportunity. And I think over time, as more information is shared, and for lack of a better word, a more what democratic way, you know, I'm not, not trying to be political here, but, you know, the more information that can be shared both ways, I, I think the better you move toward a more efficient market of information. And um, I, I really applaud you guys for, for doing this, and I was really intrigued when I, when I found out about it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I want to remind our listening audience that you're listening to Nonprofit U, and we're speaking with Kari Anastad, Development Manager at the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits, and Andrea Sano, Grant Advisor Coordinator, also at the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits. We'll be taking questions from our listening audience and chat room at about the 30-minute mark, so we have about seven more minutes. The call-in number is 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. I also want to take a moment to let folks know how they can strengthen their organization's Giving Tuesday efforts by participating in Webinar Wednesdays. So every Wednesday, starting this Wednesday, October 25th through December 6th, 
I will be conducting webinars to help organizations strengthen their fundraising efforts for the end of the year and beyond. So if you're interested in knowing more, contact me at consulting at valleyofleonard.com. You can share further information. So, Andrea, can you share with us some of the feedback you're hearing regarding the Grant Advisor platform, and then tell us who has come out and endorsed the product? Uh, yeah, I think there are a few ways I could answer that question. And so first um, might be what we are hearing about the site itself, and then second, what kind of feedback our survey is getting. And I think Kari has some good thoughts on the first way to answer that. So I'll let her get to that in a minute. Um, but I do have a review that's also live on the site for one of our Minnesota mm -hmm. foundations. And I think it captures kind of the essence of what we are hoping these reviews will provide grant seekers. So which mm -hmm. is both, as Kari was just saying, an understanding of how to approach a funder and sort of that larger, more philosophical response that gets at the funder's philanthropic goals. So the review I have here is for Otto Bremer Trust. And mm -hmm. um, if you've been on the site, that's great. Um, and I've written a review, but if you haven't, this is also a preview mm -hmm. of what that survey is like. And so in response to our first question, which prompts the reviewer to give advice to a colleague, this reviewer says, um, quote, uh, program officers at OBT, which is Otto Bremer Trust, have been remarkable. Most are down to earth, very approachable, and will give a good idea a fighting chance. Their funding priorities are broader than most foundations, and then in parentheses, poverty, which allows organizations, large and small, to innovate and try new things. Program officers are also diverse, which makes me feel like they relate better with the needs of communities. The only criticism I have is transparency in their staffing and leadership selection. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. Otto Bremer Trust tends to find themselves in the news for the wrong reasons. All in all, OBT, Otto Bremer Trust, is one of the best foundations to work with, hands down, end quote. So oh. if you keep reading this review, yeah, you can see that this mm -hmm. person uh, was funded in 2016, the reviewer was funded in 2016 for a lesser amount than requested, and that they think mm -hmm. the foundation's accessibility is, quote, good, and that mm -hmm. the program officers will call you back but trying to schedule mm -hmm. meetings at the highest level is a challenge. I'm not sure how connected the three trustees are in the community, end quote. Mm -hmm. So you can sense, I really like this review because you can sense that transactional element in this response, which help those who mm -hmm. want to approach the foundation. So, but in the next, but in the response to the next question on our survey, we get to see that philo philosophical commentary on the funders philanthropic focus and goals. Um, which speaks to their mission in the community. And so our question says, so this is our survey question that folks can answer if they go to write a review. If you had one okay. piece of advice to give this funder about grant making or anything else, what would it be? And so the response says, quote, Mr. Otto Bremer, who's the founder of uh, Otto Bremer Trust. So we usually don't allow names in our uh, of staff members in our reviews, but for this one, because he's the founder, we thought it was just speaking to the larger goals, and so we let it uh, live mm -hmm. on the site. So Mr. Otto okay. Bremer was an immigrant who found success in banking. My challenge to the foundation is to reconnect with his roots by investing more in refugees and immigrants. Minnesota mm -hmm. is a hub to some of the largest immigrant groups, namely Hmong and Somali. 
with all the negativity in the news surrounding DACA, undocumented workers, Islamophobia, et cetera, the foundation should take more leadership in this area, end quote. I love it. So, yeah, so not all the reviews on the site capture this information or this much information about the surrounding mm-hmm. community. Um, and we like those reviews too, but I really like this mm-hmm. one, like I said, because I think it captured both that transactional element, like the how exactly do I approach this funder, something that maybe you would mm-hmm. have gotten from a colleague, you know, over coffee, but now it's mm-hmm. accessible to you on this website. And then the review also sort of shares those broader implications and impact of the foundation's work. And so I really, I like it, wanted to highlight that one um, as a review that I really think is doing the work that we hope to see on Grant Advisor. Mm-hmm. And then you also asked me <laughs> who has endorsed the product. Um, and I think I would change it to featured and say we've been featured um, okay. <laughs> in local and national publications, um, including the Star Tribune, um, which is Minnesota's largest mm-hmm. newspaper. Um, mm-hmm. And then, as Kari mentioned, uh, Vule, our national leadership panel member, wrote about us on his um, nonprofit AF, which we know to mean and fabulous or and fearless, um, on his blog in September. Mm-hmm. And we've had a few foundations um, solicit reviews from their grantees um, and oh, wow. emails to them. So, yeah, and that's been really fun to see. Yeah, and I heard about this through, what, GuideStar. You know, I'm on their distribution oh, yeah. list, and I was like, wow, this, this is really, really exciting. And I'm going to have some folks on uh, from GuideStar on the show in a couple of weeks, and, you know, I asked wow. them, you know, about this product. And, you know, they they were, at least the people that I was talking to, you know, they're more or less in PR. They're not aware of any um, partnerships per se, but they definitely, definitely are in, in support of, you know more transparency in you know mm-hmm. in, yeah. in the um, nonprofit sector foundation sector you know as, as an mm-hmm. extension so I, I thank you guys tremendously and I think this will really really help um, you know sometimes you know we feel and when I say we we the people who are um, applying for grants we we feel that grant makers can sometimes be in the Ivy League not Ivy League, Ivory Towers. That was a forty. Mm-hmm. Ivory Towers. Um, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of these foundations are run by academics with PhDs, or you know they're very much entrenched in theory, and don't always, you know, have a chance to have their ear to the ground. And when they do, you know, like I said before, people may feel a little bit intimidated about being. Um, candid, so I, I think this provides the perfect vehicle. And I know you mentioned that Kari may have um, some feedback on on this particular issue. Um, Kari, did you have anything you want to say before I ask Andrea a follow up question? Yeah, so I think Andrea was highlighting kind of the feedback we're receiving on the website itself. Uh, I think mm-hmm. kind of our number one piece of feedback that's been coming both through you know, our last question on our survey is, do you have any feedback for us on the site? Uh, and an overwhelming response of people kind of wanting clarification around the Minnesota-California outreach and then asking mm-hmm. 
if it can if it if they can write reviews if they're in other states and so I'm so glad that that was a part of your opening and um we're we take that um feedback to be a huge indicator that the service is kind of wanted and needed uh mm-hmm. and just to kind of clarify that yeah that our focus on Minnesota and California is really about our own marketing and outreach and mm-hmm. that uh the site is open for all anyone any fundraiser kind of working in in the United States and um seeking funding from foundations located here as well. Okay, awesome. And just so you know, when I sent out an email, you know, letting folks know that you guys were going to be on the show today, you know, a colleague of mine, Otis Monroe with the Monroe Foundation, he convened a cohort of smaller organizations, you know, emerging nonprofits, and he encouraged them to listen to the show. I hope some of them are listening. And if you're listening, please call in um, or participate in the chat. That would be very, very helpful. And on that note, it is time to call in, but you know, we're going to continue our conversation until we hear from you. Um, you can call in at 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. So, you know, I think you're right. Um, you guys have definitely struck a chord. I think people would welcome the opportunity to provide feedback. So, you know, we have a two-way feedback loop, and it's not always the foundation to grantee, but, you know, grantee to to foundations as well. So with, with that said, you know, so far we don't have any questions. I, I do see some people who have called in but have not um, asked any questions, but, you know, we're definitely encouraging people to ask questions. Now, one thing I did not hear is um, the the link. You know, I didn't hear the URL for Grant Advisor. So if you guys can share URL, that would be awesome so that people know where they can go to, you know, to access the site. Yeah, we're at www.grantadvisor.org. Okay. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and you can follow us on Twitter if they want to. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what are, your, yeah. what are your handles? Yeah, we're on Twitter okay. at grant underscore advisor. And we have a pretty yeah. new Twitter account, but on Fridays um, we do a five to go live. So that's where we post the foundations who need a few more reviews to go live on the oh, site. Okay. Yeah, okay. that week All right. awesome. by the next Monday. So. hmm all right, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kari, what are some of the lessons you've learned in your work, you know, rolling out the Grant Advisor platform? And and then, you know, once you have learned those lessons and sit through them, and I know it's a a young platform, so there may not be you, you may not necessarily have all the data that you'd like to have, but you know, just as an impression and from what you're learning so far, how is that going to inform your work in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. So we uh, started receiving reviews just uh, this past June, and then we went kind of live in July. So we are really as a project about three months old, just under. So mm-hmm. a lot a lot of our work kind of has been focused on really perfecting, I think, uh, or continually evolving the um 
kind of the technical functioning of the website uh, and then really mm-hmm. boost kind of channeling marketing and outreach to uh, to nonprofits in Minnesota and California. So with that said, uh, we have had the opportunity kind of in podcast moments like this to kind of pause the, the, the running and do a little reflective look back. So, you know, over the past three months, uh, I think we've learned a couple of things. Um, first, you know, there really is a demand and hunger for a tool like Grand Advisor. So within three months, uh, we've had nearly 800 people register with the site uh, and have started writing wow. reviews. And we just passed the 800 review uh, mark on the site. So um, there are close to 50 foundations who have met. We have a five-review threshold before a foundation profile can go live on the site. Uh, and that's really about just making sure that we get a broad sample of kind of feedback and not just one review will flavor kind of the, the profile of any given foundation. So. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of numbers and statistics that are are verifying the demand and, and value of a of a website like this. Uh, mm-hmm. I think another lesson that we're learning is, and Valerie, you've named this really eloquently uh, throughout the podcast so far, is is the power of of that differential that the power differential uh, that exists between uh, nonprofits and foundations. And and that fear among nonprofits of, of potentially losing funding or good rapport that they may have with some very important relationships. And so um, one of the things that we've kind of had to get in front of or proactively uh, message against is this um, question about re- reviewer anonymity. Uh, mm-hmm. And so to anyone who's listening, <laughs> we guarantee that you are anonymous. Uh, obviously, the um, kind of if you write your review in such a way that would make you clearly identifiable to a foundation, <laughs> that that would be maybe the only way <laughs> uh, that you would be revealed. But uh, we really have built this site based on the idea of kind of knowing the power of that power differential and that in order mm-hmm. to get kind of honest and authentic feedback, uh, we really have to guarantee that reviewer anonymity. And so um, – that is guaranteed. Uh, so kind of connected to that lesson then is also, I think, a fear that we've heard from foundations is that because of that anonymity factor, that somehow this website would then dredge up all of the worst parts about the Internet, uh, that it would just have, you know, reviews that have, are full of kind of venomous things. And um, we're mm-hmm. really excited to to see that that hasn't been realized so far. Um, mm-hmm. That really people have been using it as it's intended. So the audience is fundraising, grant writing professionals, and kind of the caliber mm-hmm. of the the comments that we've we've received. It, it makes sense that it's coming from <laughs> professional writers, right? So it's they're thoughtful, right. uh, they're constructive. Um, about a third of the comments um, that we've seen have. have been very kind of thoughtful, productive criticism, uh, and then about mm-hmm. two thirds have been somewhere between kind of neutral to positive. So mm-hmm. we're excited to see that it's there's demand for the site. 
that people are interested in, in writing on it uh, and that kind of some of the worst fears haven't come true. Uh, mm-hmm. And then kind of lessons learned looking forward. We're excited to think about kind of strategic ways of expanding. So looking at other states, um, looking to expand to potentially reviewing government-based funders. So right now um, you can review any foundation that files a 990 form in the IRS. So that's how our database is populated, which is really mm-hmm. extensive. It's 120-some thousand uh, foundations, but doesn't actually have uh, mm-hmm. government yet. So mm-hmm. coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I, I think in a prior conversation, you know, we had before, you know, if you haven't done so, I would strongly recommend that you reach out to Forefront here in Chicago, you know, listening to the way you young ladies speak in general and knowing what I know about them and listening how they speak in general, you have a lot in common, and this might make a wonderful partnership. And, you know, Illinois, I think the the environment is just ripe for this, so. If you have not done so, speak to them. If you don't have direct relationships, I'll make sure I put you in contact with them. I think that would be just awesome. That's a great suggestion. Okay. We're, Andrea and I are both writing it down again. <laughs> okay, okay. And then, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll follow up after the show. All righty. So we have a question in the chat room. And I think you kind of touched on it before, and I guess it's a follow-up to a comment that was made earlier. Um, in terms of, I guess, being a user of of the profiles, what would you recommend? And you can't really tell, you know, what to put in the review, but what would you recommend as making a strong impact, you know, for a review? You know, I, I know you gave you know, pretty good examples, but it it seems that the writer would want to know, you know, what are some do's and don'ts to writing the reviews? Yes, this is, that's a great question. This is Kari. Uh, so I think there are kind of a few key questions that, uh, you know, I as a grant seeker have um, found valuable when reading reviews. So, the, mm-hmm. It's interesting. This website kind of has two core audiences. One is foundations with this goal of being an honest conversation and kind of reforming or improving philanthropic practices. Uh, and then a secondary audience is people like me, so people who have never approached a foundation before and or a specific foundation before and want to know what is it like to work with the Otto Bremer Trust, to Andrea's earlier example. Uh, and so I think you can think about that question from those two lenses. Um, so as a mm-hmm. reviewer, kind of what's the goal that you have with the review? Is it to help kind of your colleagues better understand what it's like to work with that foundation? Or um, is there, are you hoping to give kind of constructive feedback or honest feedback to a foundation mm-hmm. and, and hopes that you can see a positive change in practices? So, mm-hmm. you know, with those two lenses in mind, uh, I think either way, um, kind of specifics are helpful. Um, so if you're in being able to quantify things, so if filling out their um, manual board list where you have to hand type, and this is a true story, I had to do this for years. I had a funder who required us to hand type each of our board members' names, uh, positions, length of service, contact information, and organizational affiliation. It took two to three years, or two to three hours every year, um, 
that that helps both grant seekers like me know to kind of build that time into my work plan if if that's a prospect of mine. And then there's also mm-hmm. really great feedback that a foundation might not otherwise know if they've never had to go through their own uh, application process. Mm. I like that. I, yeah, so I, I guess if foundations could write the applications and, as if they would have to go through it themselves, it, we might see different types of applications and different types. Right. You know, that's just me. <laughs> Me and my wishful thinking, and I, and I'm not trying to say that you know all foundations have these onerous processes, but you know sometimes we don't realize what we're asking until someone tells us that you know the questions that we're asking you know are really creating an undue burden in terms of time and resources. Mm-hmm. And I think even our federal government is coming to to realize that federal government. I know here in the state of Illinois, they are doing, they spent like two years trying to streamline the process so that we have a central vault that's similar to what you would see um, at the federal government level. The um, grant.gov, we have a grant, grants.illinois.gov. But I will say they're, process probably their registration requires much more than the federal but other than that it's a streamlined process but I'm not here to editorialize am I (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sorry I I digress I digress so um, (laughs) so Kari along the same lines you know we we talked about the lessons learned Um, can you share a little bit more about the impact you're seeing in philanthropy, and it is a short period, so you may not necessarily have all of those data, but are you seeing some responses? I know you mentioned that one foundation solicited feedback themselves, which I, I think is is a great impact already. Yeah, well, I think, it, you know, it's really exciting. I think this project is coming I'll kind of speak about kind of the the context uh, that Grant Advisor as a platform is coming into being because I think it's it's coming on the scene at a perfect time. Um, kind of nationally, there's this momentum that we're seeing around the transparency that you named earlier, Valerie, uh, and and a quest for feedback in philanthropy. So, you know, nationwide, we've we've seen over the past few years. Um, kind of more progressive kind of early adopter foundations who have really mm-hmm. began to focus their approaches on, and, and Andrea used this term earlier, kind of trust-based philanthropy. So the Whitman Institute in California, who is one of the early funders of this project, uh, and Robert Sterling Clark Foundation in New York are, are two of those great examples that if you kind of look at their website, they have kind of websites, excuse me, have um, language around what it is to be involved in trust-based philanthropy. Um, so it, it, kind of what that means is that they, there's kind of lower burdens of reporting for nonprofits, that they don't see themselves as the accountability person, but really a true partner with nonprofits in the great work, uh, that they're they're not the ones that have to motivate the great work, that, that nonprofits mm-hmm. are already going to kind of take that on themselves. And so... Um, there's momentum around that, um, and then there's also 
a number of other projects and organizations that are also leading great work around transparency and feedback. So the Center for Effective Philanthropy uh, and Glass Pockets, that's an initiative foundation center. Um, we are lucky to have um, Janet Camarana on our national leadership panel, who's a part of the Glass Pockets initiative. So all of this is to say that I think there's there's um, this national momentum around um, mm-hmm. transparency and feedback, uh, and that Grand Advisor awesome. gets to kind of come into its own uh, in mm-hmm. the midst of really great leaders and great initiatives around that, um, and then also be unique in it. So um, it is the only of its kind in that it's crowdsourcing the information. It's really relying on fundraising professionals it. and grant writers, yeah, to kind of increase that that public awareness and, and make publicly available the experiences and feedback from grant seekers. Um, so it's it's this unique tool that's a part of this national movement. Um, yeah, and so then in Minnesota specifically, um, as Andrea had mentioned before, we were seeing great enthusiasm from a number of those early adopter foundations. So we've had yet um, a number of them kind of share updates with their board, uh, use the feedback and reviews as a part of their kind of strategic planning process or board-level conversations. Um, Andrea has been doing brilliant work to develop a toolkit. So um, Mm -hmm. the foundation is interested in um, kind of marketing this and using this um, feedback. Uh, I know foundations can invest a lot in in surveys and, and kind of evaluation of their strategies, but this is a free resource to them, uh, and so to definitely reach out to Andrea if they're interested in mm-hmm. kind of getting some of the things that are in that toolbox, so sample emails and that sort of thing. Oh, I love it. I love it. I will definitely be following up with Andrea after this call and, you know, sharing the information in my network. Yeah, I think this is really important stuff. Great. Okay, so I want to remind our listening audience once more that you're listening to Nonprofit U, and we're speaking with Kari Anastad, Development Director at the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits, and Andrea Sano, Grant Advisor Coordinator, also at the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits. We're taking questions now. Please give us a call, 347-884-8121. And if you would like to post in our chat room, please join the conversation there. We have a few more minutes, and we want to make sure that your voices are heard. So, Andrea, can you walk our listening audience through this process and let them know, you know how exactly they should go about filling out you know, one of the pro- uh, sorry, profiles or a foundation? Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked a little bit already about the um, survey responses, so that's if you're writing a review, you can register as a reviewer on the site, fill out the survey there. Um, but if you're a foundation mm-hmm. and um, you want to set up your profile, you want to register as a key contact, um, you can just go to grantadvisor.org. And in the right-hand corner of our site, uh, they, we have a register tab, and that's right on the homepage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you register as a key contact, you can also include an email address for a secondary contact. Um, and so when someone does write a review, um, if you're the key contact and the secondary contact, you'll get a notification via email, and you can read the review before it's live on the site. Um, and then you can also mm-hmm. respond to the review um, before it's posted live. 
And again, um, you have to have five reviews total um, that abide by our community guidelines before your profile is live mm -hmm. on the site. And then uh, our reviews are all monitored to make sure they are abiding by those community guidelines. They have a filter for mm -hmm. spam um, and then a human filter, which is me and my counterpart in California. Um, mm -hmm. And we make sure that no names are mentioned of staff. Um, there's not any profanity if the spam filter would have missed it, which it has not yet. Great. Um, so, and then those <laughs> reviews take 48 hours to go live on the site. Um, and in that time, again, uh, foundations and the key contacts at funders have a chance to respond to the reviews. Mm -hmm. so and that's what they can expect. You, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, go ahead. So if you're you're a foundation and you have not yet accumulated five reviews, do you still get that feedback offline? Yeah, so you'll still get the review. It just won't be posted publicly. And that, as Kari okay. said before, is just to make sure that there's not like one review out there that's particularly negative, if that's not capturing the right. whole you know, scope of the work and the grantee's experiences. Right. Yeah. But okay. you can still read that review and respond to it. And then once you get four more, then it goes live on the site. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I, I love it. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> this is really good stuff. I, I can really see you guys on the forefront <laughs> of a movement. You know, so ride that wave. I, I can see lots <laughs> of potential here. <laughs> good. So, Kari. You're in a position in which you're raising funds and you're developing other resources for the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits. The Minnesota Council of Nonprofits is a member organization that provides professional development, networking, capacity building, et cetera, et cetera, um, with a particular emphasis on policy and advocacy on behalf of your members. So I can imagine in your position as well as anybody who is in a position where they're dealing with policy and advocacy, sometimes it gets to be a little little funders who will fund your work. You know, did you find yourself in any ticklish positions? Um, was it difficult to to get support for this project from foundations or have you been, you know, very lucky to to get folks to jump in head first? This is this is such a great question, Valerie. Uh, so, all of the um, kind of grant funding for this project so far uh, has come from Silicon Valley in California. So, uh, primarily yeah. supported from foundations like the Peary Foundation and the Whitman Institute. So, those kind of early adopter, progressive change maker uh, foundations who kind of share our interest in and mm -hmm. kind of see that, like you said, the, the early part of a wave, the, the transformative potential of this tool. Um, so the the rest of the support for the project has come from what our executive director, John Pratt, calls sweat equity. So the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits and then our two partners, Great Nonprofits in California, Association of Nonprofits out in California. Um, we all are kind of doing our part and really believe in the mission mm -hmm. and the goals of this project. So investing our time and agency resources into making it possible. Um, with all of that being said, um, I wouldn't be a good fundraiser if I didn't say there are leadership opportunities. So if anyone listening <laughs> is interested in supporting the yes, project, I they can it. reach out to me. Yeah, and 
And following up, so if you're in one of those states where you don't necessarily have quite as strong a presence as, say, Minnesota and California, you know, because, you know, resources right now can only go so far, how do you, as a nonprofit, get a movement going in your particular state so that we can start seeing presence on your on the Grant Advisor platform from other states? That is a great question. Yeah, so one of our kind of ideas around how this project can and would spread is similar to uh, what happened with Facebook. So really it's this network effect that if – any of you uh, remember how Facebook rolled out? I do because I was—I happened to be in college way back in the day when this happened. That uh, <laughs> it started geographically, but not just geographically. You had to have uh, an email address that ended with edu, so you had to be affiliated. And then it was within even I think specific colleges. So I think it was only Ivy League um, universities first, and then it went to kind of all colleges. Mm-hmm. And then, so in doing so, it. it um, kind of targeted who who they were targeting as an audience and then it it built mm-hmm. kind of momentum and and a desire to be in part of the insider group and uh we're we're not trying to you know erect barriers in that sense but in kind of focusing on states in our own marketing um we're building that network effect so with all that to be said uh if there are nonprofits that that want to get in to be kind of build the momentum in their own state um they can certainly start by reaching out to us we are you know as mm-hmm. we turn the corner into uh, 2018 we'll be having kind of strategic meetings as um a team and thinking about kind of where to look next and who the big players are and kind of what networks exist within um, our connections and beyond. So that could be a place to start. Uh, If they're kind of more grassroots in their approach, um, I know Andrea has been working to develop an ambassador toolkit. So similar to one we talked about, the foundation toolkit. Uh, This one is Mm -hmm. really geared toward other nonprofits who may want to help get the word out. And so, um, we have a number of different resources, te- template language, emails, some flyers, mm-hmm. business cards, that sort of thing that we'd be more than willing to share and help get that word out. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, two ways I'm thinking I can personally help you is if there is an RSS feed for this toolkit and you know related information, I can uh, post that on my website. So as things get updated, they to a page on my website, and then also I, I'm going to sign up for alerts. And you know, and as I get alerts, I can share them in my network. You know, as there are people who could be potential ambassadors, I'll make sure to put you guys in contact with them. So, so that's my commitment to the project. I, I really, really think this is exciting stuff. And again, I'm going to put you guys in contact with, you know, Forefront. You know, there may be other, you know, I realize that, you know, you have large organizations and different people have different relationships, but still, I'm going to put you in contact with the folks that I know from Forefront, and who knows, you know, who knows what can happen. If if they catch on to it, it'll happen really big and really fast in Illinois, Florida. Great. Well, we so appreciate that, and Look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so last question, Andrea. Um, what do you see as some of the next steps for Grant Advisor? 
Um, yeah, I feel like there are kind of three steps <laughs> or in the short term, I think uh, the next step is uh, like we're talking about now, keep expanding sort of in that organic kind of way, um, which means encouraging reviews from our nonprofit colleagues and then um, supporting the folks who want to be ambassadors of the project um, and supporting our foundation colleagues and their work by offering toolkits and language and things around that. Um, so that they can invite reviews um, and get that constructive feedback. Um, and then in our middle term, I think we're starting to think about where we want to target some of our marketing out on the East Coast. Um, mm -hmm. And in the long term, uh, we're looking toward, as Kari said, um, you know, way earlier in this conversation, including government funders on the site. So a lot of moving pieces, and I think we're trying to be strategic mm -hmm. for 2018, but mm -hmm. we're always happy to hear from folks who want to be champions and ambassadors of the project. And um, mm -hmm. I love to hear the ideas. Part of our survey, um, our last question, as Kari had mentioned earlier, is that uh, you can offer feedback to us, and that just comes straight to mm -hmm. us, um, the Grant Advisor team. Um, and so once mm -hmm. you fill out that whole survey, um, the last question is feedback on the site, and we're always excited to read those ideas and thoughts. So, Okay, awesome. Now, I heard you say East Coast, and my, my poor little ears peaked up like a German shepherd. <laughs> um, is, is, is one of your prospects 9-2-Y? You know, they started the Giving Tuesday movement, which is now international. So have you thought about approaching them at all? And if not, I can put you in touch with someone who might be helpful to you. This is Kari. We will we will take your contact if you're willing to make no. the bridge. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. Okay, so, so we got a lot of talking to do after. <laughs> we'll okay. Have a conversation <laughs> after the conversation. Okay. So this pretty much wraps up our show, and you know I want to thank everyone. You know I I know that there are people who called in and didn't necessarily want to ask a question, but I, I appreciate your calls anyway. I appreciate those of you who joined in the chat room. You know even though you didn't all have comments, I want to let you know that I I appreciate you. I hope that this conversation has been very helpful to me. Every time I talk to these young ladies, I I learn a lot, and um, I hope that you have learned a lot too. So I'd like to thank them again. We had Kari Onstad. She is the Development Manager at Minnesota Council of Nonprofits, and Andrea Sano, she's the Grant Advisor Coordinator also at the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits. So before I let you go, ladies, can you share any parting thoughts and let us know how we can reach you and remind us how we can get involved in this work? Yeah, this is Kari. Uh, the best way to reach us uh, is if you email a team at grantadvisor.org. Uh, both Andrea and I receive all of those emails. Uh, we are kind of monitoring day and night as this project uh, begins to grow wings and fly. Um, <laughs> Just want to thank all of the people who have already participated in the conversation, both kind of uh, on the website in the comments and then with us kind of offline. Um, you're really helping this be a tool that uh, helps us be best serve our communities. And so just grateful for the current support and encourage everyone who hasn't done so yet but is interested in doing so to check it out and 
reach out to us with any questions. Okay, great. So once again, Valerie, this is Andrea. Oh, Oh, okay. I just wanted to thank you for having us on as well. Okay. I just wanted to thank you for having us on. Yeah. (laughs) And forgive me for jumping the gun. Forgive me. And like I said, it's been wonderful having you both on. Again, I've learned a lot in this conversation, and we've had, you know, prior contact before. I've learned every time, so it's been wonderful. All righty. So I want to thank our listening audience once more for listening to Nonprofit Blog Radio Talk Show today. The show will be available for download within about an hour. Be sure and join us next week when our guest will be Jody Atler. Jody is the director of the Community Law Project here in Chicago, and Jody will share an overview of the implications of immigration policies on nonprofits and communities and strategies they can share. You know, so what to do when ICE comes knocking on the organization's door. Until then, you have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.